Welcome online audience. We have our studio audience here. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, man, can the camera shot real quick? Let's get the camera in the studio audience. They're wearing masks with, with that you can see through. Come on, somebody. I can hear today because I read lips. And so it's been fun. And so make sure you get to see the studio audience. Say hi. What's up, baby? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so again, man, we are so excited. And once again, if this is your very first time, why don't you go ahead and text me at 702-727-8280. And I would be so honored uh, if you would just let me know you're here. If you're like, oh, I ain't texting nobody, you can put it in the comments right here and just say, I'm new. Avenue's also got a comment. And they say, if you're new here, welcome. Just hit like on that or be incognito. That's fine with me too. And But I am so glad you're here. We've had some great opportunities this week, but also we are preparing to go back to in-person on October 25th at Avenue Church. Come on, we get a hand clap for that, right? That's good news, right? That's good stuff as well. And so, man, we are just excited that you're with us today. Now, we're in the middle of a series called Enter Wild. Enter Wild about three weeks ago. Carlos Whitaker, he kicked us off. This last two weeks, we've been talking about entering rest, but now I want to hop into the, uh, the, the middle portion of Enter Wild. But real quick, I hope you're doing well. I hope you are diving into God's word like never before. I hope you're praying specific prayers. I hope you're seeing those answers. I hope you're being patient while waiting upon the answer. I really hope that uh, you're in community. You're in small groups. You're getting involved. I hope to have that uh, uh, going on in your life as well as we slowly move into phases. Because what is it's only supposed to be temporary we refuse to make it permanent. And so let's turn to God's word in Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. And here's what it says in our Bibles today. And I encourage you, get your Bibles out. All right, if you got your digital Bible, that's cool too. Jesus still loves y'all. And uh, I love digital Bible. And it likes to tell me how far behind I am in my devotionals. Let's just be real today. And so here's what it says in Ephesians chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 10, 11. It says, finally. And so I love this. He's kind of going through all the different things that he's talking about. And he says, Finally, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Now, I'm going to warn you, I'm not going to be talking about this all in, 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 in extensive, all right? The helmet of, the helmet of uh, salvation, I'm not going to do that today uh, because we don't have five hours, but it says, So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Man, this is, what's 2020 like? Right here, man. You know, like the devil's schemes. And so I want to talk about Ephesians chapter 6 today as we enter war, as we enter war. We're leaving into rest. We're saying, God, I'm being specific. I'm lowering the volume in my life. I'm hearing your word. God, tell me, show me in your word what I need to read today. And that was in a rest, but now we're going to enter war. All right, so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you. God, thank you for this great team. Father, I thank you so much for Avenue Church. Father, I thank you so much that we're surrounded by, by individuals who love God, love people. They're always pursuing excellence, and we choose joy even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the war. So God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our city and all across the nation. Father, I pray for my fantasy football team. Man, I pray I beat my opponent today and bless my team. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen and amen. I can pray that. Is that okay? All right. If I was praying, I'd be praying hard if it was against Andrew. All right. And so here is the title of my message is Enter War. Now, I got to ask you guys a question. 
Have you ever met someone who's extremely positive? I'm looking at somebody in the audience, right? Have you ever met someone who's extremely positive? Like, like they're always, you're like, how are you? And it's like raining and thundering outside. It's like hurricane winds. And you're like, how are you doing today? And they're like, God is good. <laughs> you're like, something ain't right with you. Like, what's wrong with you? Not you, but what's wrong? Like, what's the disconnect here, you know? And they're always positive and they're always happy. Have anyone ever met anyone like that? Now, I love those kind of people. I feel like I'm those kind of, I'm, I'm that kind of person, except in the morning. All right, in the morning time, I wake up like, no, no, no one talked to me. I need my coffee. And here's, uh, uh, I made the mistake one morning. Instead of going to uh, Starbucks, I went to a place called uh, Dutch Bros, Dutch Brothers. And, uh, and I was like, don't stop talking to me. Like, I felt like Pastor Jeremy was talking to me in the drive-thru. They're like, how you doing? Oh, my goodness, what are you wearing? Where'd you get that at? What are you doing today? I was like, stop talking to me. I just want coffee. And once I got coffee, went back and apologized. Said, I repent. I'm a bad person. But have you ever met someone who is so positive in the midst of a storm or in the midst of a war? Have you ever met someone so positive going through something so devastating and they still give God all the praise? And all the glory? Have you ever met someone you're like, oh my goodness, like I feel sorry for you. And they're saying, my hope is in Jesus Christ. And so I want to be able to break down Ephesians chapter 6. Because Paul says in verse 10, this is what he says. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can stake your stance against the devil's schemes. And this is verse 10 through 11. So let's continue on. In later verses, Paul says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And man, church, if we can get this, if we can understand this, this is going to change. Because sometimes we live in this. We're going, oh my goodness, oh man, you know what they did or that happened or you what took place? And it's because of my circumstances, it's because of my job, my family, my friend, my career, it's because of them. And Paul's going, whoa, 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 calm down, church of Ephesus, calm down, church in Vegas. That Paul says, but it's against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Even my son asked me, like, why are people so, so, so mean? And I said, son, it's because we live in a broken and sinful world. Because we live in a broken and sinful world. And it says, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Now, I want you to see this right here. In the spiritual forces of, in the evil realms, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, and the original uh, word in the Greek is present day. So it's not saying, get ready, it's coming, it might show up. No, it's saying it's now, it's today. It was this morning on your way to church, you know. It was this morning when you woke up. It says, so you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. No, our creative team's doing a tremendous job today, but go back one verse real quick for me. Go back one verse, and this is what it says. Sometimes as a new Christian, we're like, I'm brand new in church. Maybe you saw some news this week and you're joining us for the very first time and you read this and you see spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You're like, I'm out. This church is weird. I don't know what's going on. Like they're talking about like Hocus Pocus. Great Disney movie, by the way. You know, but like what is this? And this is called spiritual warfare. Spiritual Warfare. Some of you, I still haven't won you over yet. You're like, oh my gosh, what are we? Can we talk about something fun like favor and blessings? But no, this is about spiritual warfare. And the more I begin to learn about this, the more I can, the best, I, the best way I, I can articulate <laughs> right now, the best way I can articulate spiritual warfare 
It's not necessarily like demons and angels above your head fighting, like a sword fight. And you're like, that's amazing! You know what I mean? Or they're on, their, on your shoulder fighting. You know what spiritual warfare for me is like? Is that you're about to go speak to your small group. Or you're about to get in the car and go to church. And you just hate your spouse. Or you just wake up and you're saying, I'm just angry today. Or you just go, you know what? I'm just, I, I feel like fighting somebody today. What is it? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. And against darkness. Against principalities and against darkness. But I want you to know that many of us, we have our own spiritual war. For some of us, our spiritual war can be uh, depression. And we can be fighting along somebody else in their spiritual war of, 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 of cancer. We can have a spiritual war of someone who's stuck in pornography. And they're trying to find freedom in that. Or they're right next to someone who's in a spiritual war of gossip. That I just can't stop talking about other people. We might be in a spiritual war of, of working too much. All I do is work because that's where my identity is. It's not in Christ, but it's in what I do. That's spiritual warfare. Or we could be fighting right against someone who, has a, who deals with alcohol or substance abuse or self-medicating because of the demons on the inside of us. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and darkness. Principalities and darkness. But Paul states a much better plan. Paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but then he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And so here's the Apostle Paul's battle plan. If we go to the next slide real quick. Here's Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says we're all in the same war. We're just fighting different battles. That's tweetable right there. Come on, look at the comments right now. Amanda, spiritual warfare can be anxiety. Amen. I totally agree with you, Amanda. Right, Brittany said, good morning. Right here. Uh, uh, Sydney said, we can have spiritual warfare every single day. Thank you so much, Catherine. But guys, listen to me. We're all in the same war. We're just fighting different battles. We're all in the same war. We're just fighting a different battle. But here's what Paul says. Paul says, stand therefore. That's what he says in Ephesians chapter 6. So what do I do? There's principalities and darkness. And Paul says, stand therefore. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. There's something powerful about stand and stand being here twice. Paul says, stand therefore. Again, stand. Paul, what do I do? Like, I'm upset or I'm dealing with this and this and this. And the apostle Paul says, I need you to stand. So what does the word stand mean? Here's what the original means. Stand means to hold your position. Hold your position. I love this because Paul is saying sometimes we move too quickly. We just need to hold your ground. We need to stand our position. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand therefore. Don't be bound again. Don't be tripped up again. Don't get yoked again with sin into the slavery of sin. Paul says, I need you to hold your position. Have you ever seen a, a war movie where the, uh, the commander, and they're like anxious, and they want to get out there and fight, and he's going, wait for it, right? Wait for it. What's he doing? He's standing his ground for the best position. You know what our position is? Our position is in Christ. So we need to hold our position. We need to hold our position. And here's what I love, and go to the next slide real quick for me. Here's what I love. Many of us are asking, okay, pastor, how do we fight? 
How do we fight? There's a couple things that we fight. Number one, I want you to put this on the screens real quick. This is how we fight. We examine your language. Now, this is going to drive some people crazy today, all right? Probably some dudes. If you're a dude watching this, you're like, what? I can't hurt somebody? You know what I mean? Like, like I can't whack somebody, quit my job, move my, you know, completely move. But the problem is, is when we don't hold our position, we don't, when we don't stand our ground, we make major decisions based on our emotions and not on the Word of God. We're saying, nope, I've seen so many people, especially in this year in 2020, Man, this has been a tough year. But some of us were making the wrong decisions based on our emotions. So what do I do, Pastor? I need you to hold your ground, but I need you to examine your language. I need you to examine your language. There is power in our mouth. There is power. Our mouth has the power of life and death. So go this real quick. I want you to, what you believe dictates what you say. So, because I believe this, I'm saying it. This is what I believe. So I'm saying it. But listen to me. I, I, I believe, no one's ever said this to me. But what you say can dictate what you believe. I need that to simmer a little bit. I'm trying to be the good preacher where you like, you know, spend 10 minutes on a point. Because this is a good point. What you believe dictates what you say. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you're speaking toxic or if you're just always negative, then there's a heart issue. But listen to me, sometimes you can believe the right thing, but what you say can dictate what you believe. This, this can happen over uh, seasons, but this can happen gradually. You're saying, woo, on Sunday morning, God is good all the time. He's got a plan for my life. And you walk out of church and you say, you know, something bad happens. You have a flat tire. Something occurs and you say, I'm just not lucky. It always happens to me. If it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to happen to me. And here's what Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says. It says, faith comes from hearing. In hearing through the word of Christ. Y'all was once flying in an airplane with a, a pastor, and he had his Bible out. And so I was like, oh, geez, where's my Bible, you know? And uh, he had his Bible out, and he started reading out loud silently. So he was like, the, word, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I was like, bro, we're in an airplane, you know, like quiet. And I said, why are you reading it out loud? Like, just read it to yourself. I'm trying to watch a movie. Be spiritual over here, you know. And, uh, and he said, because faith comes from hearing. And for me, it clicked. On Sunday mornings, we hear God's word from the, from the sermon. But are you hearing it on a daily basis from your lips? From your lips. Because sometimes gospel is what you allow in your heart. And so are you hearing the right things? Go to this next slide. I love this real quick. This is what it says. Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stands against the devil's scheme. So how do we do that? How do we be able to speak life and death into our situations? I need you to examine your language when we put on the full armor of God. What happens? We're putting on the belt of truth. We're putting on the shoes of peace. We're wearing the helmet of salvation. I always love that picture. The helmet of salvation, what is it? It's something that goes over my mind. So if I have the belt of truth, I'm speaking truth, and I'm wearing the shoes of peace because God is my Savior, and I trust the Lord. I'm wearing the helmet of salvation. God, I need you to change my mind, but I do it with my lips. I do it with the words that I speak. The words that I speak. Go to the next slide real quick for me. Paul says, I need you to be strong 
which means I need to be strengthened. I need to be strengthened. So Paul says, stand therefore and be strong in the Lord's might. And strong means to be strengthened. I want to ask you today, are the words you're speaking to yourself every single morning in your mind, in your thoughts, are they strengthening you or are they tearing you down? Are they strengthening you or are they tearing you down? That what words are you speaking over your own life? This blows my mind because sometimes we go, enter war. Come on, somebody. Battlefield, let's go. Let's do this. I want to ask you today, what words are you speaking over your own life? If you examine your language, examine your speech, I promise you, you begin to find the leaks. You begin to find the negativity. You begin to find the areas or the words in your life that you're actually, you're not blessing, but you're cursing. You're cursing your life. And Paul, I mean, enter a while, Carlos Whitaker, Apostle Paul, Pastor Jeremy, this is the year of overflow in Jesus' name. God gave us a word of overflow in December 2019. 2020's year of overflow. COVID hits. All this crazy stuff happened. I'm going, did I? Is that the wrong word? Did I screw up? No. It is a year of overflow. We're already experiencing overflow. But why? Because I'm speaking life over my own life. And so here's what Proverbs chapter 4 says. Proverbs chapter 4 says, give attention to my words, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Can I, can I even kind of give you a little pastor moment here real quick? That sometimes we say, I, I want a better circle of friends. Or my friends are just, they're so negative. You know, they don't build me up. You know, like they don't help me out. It's because probably because you're not speaking life. The more you speak life, the more you attract life. Mm, mm, come on. The more you speak death, the more you attract death. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? What'd you say? Oh, yeah, I heard about so-and-so too. Let's go have lunch and talk about them and them and them and them. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against darkness. But your life will bring health to all your flesh, to all your body. Let's go to the next slide real quick today. Abundant living starts with our lips. I do not want to live a mundane life. My goodness, I tell my family all the time, your attitude determines your altitude. Come on, somebody, right? And they're always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so true that our, I believe our words fuel our attitude. And our attitude determines our altitude. Am I going to live a mundane life? Or am I going to live in the abundant life? So I love what uh, Apostle uh, uh, Paul says. He says, therefore, be strong in the Lord in the most uh, dire circumstance. He's in prison. And he says, stand there for. For so many of us, we magnify our problems, not God's promises. We magnify God's, our problems, but we don't magnify God's promises. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus always prayed the promise, not the problem. Go ahead and put that slide up here. Here we go. Boom. Jesus always, nope, not one. Back up. Jesus, nope, we'll find you here somewhere, right? But Jesus always prayed the promise. We are totally live, everybody. Jesus prayed the promise, not the problems. I want to ask you, what is your prayer? Do we got it? We got it, everybody. All right, here it is. But I want you to know that so many times when we pray, I'm going to ask you, are you praying this or are you praying this? 
Because here's what, here's what this looks like. Jesus, I'm tired. And I believe God loves these. God wants raw prayers. But my goodness, sometimes we, we're supposed to walk out of our prayer closet energized. Like, I'm ready for war. And we walk out like, whoo, I don't know if I can make it. You know what I mean? Like, give me some oxygen. I need a nap. Because we're praying the problem. I've got to tell you, even in my own life, I used to pray this for my ears over and over again growing up. God, heal me. God, I'm deaf. God, I can't hear. God, this is so frustrating. God calls me into the ministry. God, I can't speak English. You know, like I need ears to hear the English language so I can speak the English language. God, I, I, I can't hear. I can't hear. I can't hear. And then it begins to change to, God, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. God, I thank you that you're going to heal me when you're most glorified. God, I thank you whatever the devil intends for evil, you're going to turn it around for good. God, I thank you that people feel confident with me because I have the handicap, you know. God, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you that you're using someone who has a problem for your praise and your glory to preach the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for that. Thank you for your promise. Let's just go to the next slide. Many of us, we say, okay, I'm going to examine my language but I also need to know my position. I need to know my position. Let's go to the second slide. I think we skipped one. We need to examine our language, but also we need to know God's promises. We need to know his word. We need to speak the promise. Now, you might say in this segment, how do I speak the promise? I got three quick ways for us to speak the promise. Number one is confess. Just confess. This is what small groups are so powerful. You know, when we go to Avenue Church on October 25th, we're not going to say, hey, it's been six months. I know y'all been not good. Come to the front and confess in front of the local church. We're not going to do that. But you know what this power is in small groups? Yeah. Your power is in a prayer, our prayer team. It's confidential. And here's what my promise is. If you confess something in your group and say, hey, guys, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. Because the Bible says if you confess your sins, God's faithful and just to heal you and forgive you. It's a, it's a, it's a buy one, get one. So God, I confess, and God says, I'm going to heal you, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to make sure you get into heaven, come on somebody, but I'm going to set you free today. It's no longer going to be sin management, but it's gonna live in, we're going to live on freedom. We're going to live in freedom. But I want you to know this, we need to confess. But here's my promise, when you get in your small group, whether it's on Zoom or online or whatever it is. And when you confess, you're going to say, this is my issue. They're going to go, me too. Me too. You're not the only one. But here's number two. Number one, I want you to confess. Number two, and you need to reject the lies in your life. I need you to reject the lie. Because as you confess, that's when the war happens. That's when the enemy says, oh, you sure? All right, your daddy gave it to you. Your mom gave it to you. It's because of that or this. You'll never be free. And I want you to confess it, and then I want you to reject it. I reject the lie that I have to be this way. I reject the lie that I need to stay this way. I see you, Stephen. I see you, Elizabeth. I can't wait for October 25th either. All right, Bonnie, I love you so much. Emily, you're on here too. Remember to pray the promise. Think, reject the lie. So I want you to confess. I want you to reject. And number three, I want you to replace. Because the moment we get set free, we got to replace it with something. we got to replace it. Replace it with the Word. Replace it with prayer. I want you to replace it with community, with the small group. Is this camera on? I think it is, right? With small group or community. But we need to replace. And here's the last point. 
It's know your position. We've got to know our position. Here's what I love about this. Paul, he's writing to the church's Ephesus. He says, okay, guys, listen. All right? I need you to stand there for. I need you to stand. I need you to fight. I need you to rise up. All right? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against darkness in Jesus' name. He says, know your position. But you know what Paul's position was? He was in chains in prison writing letters. He was bound. But here's the thing about Paul. Although he was in chains, he was more freer than someone not in chains. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I hope that makes sense today. So that Paul may be in chains, but he was freer spiritually than those that were not in chains. Because yeah, yeah. Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against darkness. That there's a plan that God has for your life. But I, someone needs to hear this today. We don't fight for victory. I don't fight to get the chains off because they're already off. I fight from victory in the mighty name of Jesus. I know my position in Christ because if you're fighting for victory, guess what? You're a victim. You'll never move on. We'll never take a step. Man, I just... Uh, if I could just get a breakthrough, man, if I could just get a break, if, if, if this would happen, you know what? It's because of them or them or them. And God is saying, you don't fight for victory. I died on a cross, you fight from victory. When we fight from victory, I know my position. I know my position. Every time I say position, I think about being on the top of the hill and the enemy's at the bottom of the hill, and I'm like, come to me. Because I know my position. I'm victorious. In Christ Jesus. So I want you to know your position. And Paul says, be strong therefore. I need you to know your position. That when you're a, when you're living victoriously, it's not about bondage, it's about freedom. When, you, when, you're, when you're living victoriously, it's not about the chains, but it's about freedom. It's not about sin management, like, oh, you know, uh, I'll try not to today. It's about, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. It's not about mundane living, but it's about abundant living. I love what Carlos Whitaker said in his book. He said, Jesus didn't die on a cross so we can cope. Jesus didn't die on a cross so we can cope. He wants to have abundant life. In Jesus' name. You know, what, you know what spiritual warfare is? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come so we may have life and life to the full. Come on, I see you, Janelle Hamilton. Amanda, I see you, Sydney. I see you, Missy. I see you as well. And here's what our position is. If you're watching this for the very first time as I close this out today, this is our position in Ephesians chapter 2. Our position is in Jesus and his power. I'll prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, you were dead in our trespasses and sins. And I want you to know, if you're watching this for the very first time, this was me. This is you. This is all of us today. We were dead in sin. Sometimes we think the gospel, we take bad people and we make them good, right? You come to church and you stop doing this and you stop doing this and you be a good Christian. You make it to heaven. It's not about get out of a hell card. It's about freedom in Christ. The gospel takes people who are dead in sin and brings them into a life that is abundant. 
And it says, the sins we once walked, following the course of this world, doing what the world tells us to do, doing what social media and all those things are doing, following the prince of power of the, of the air, the spiritual warfare we're talking about, the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience. Next slide real quick. We're going to fast. Among whom we were all once lived in the passions of our flesh. This is our emotions. Why did you do that? I felt like it. What did it take place? It felt good, Pastor Jeremy. And it's that carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath. It happens. It feels good from the moment, but it hurts later. And it's just like the rest of mankind. Next slide real quick. But God. I love this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. It says, but God, being rich in mercy, it doesn't matter what you've done. God died for you because of the great love which he loved us even when we were dead. When we were still sinners, he died on a cross for us in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. My position is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives inside of us. My position is in Christ. Somebody needs to hear this today. My position is not what Jeremy has done. My position is what Christ has done. This has changed my outlook. This has changed my prayer life. It's no longer, God, I did good things today. God, I read the Bible today. Maybe, oh no, I didn't read the Bible today. Shoot, forgive me, God. You know, it changed my mindset. It's no longer, God, this is Jeremy. Look at all the things I've done. It is now, God, this is Jeremy whom you love. God, this is Jeremy whom you died on the cross for. God, this is Jeremy who was dead in sin, was saved by grace through faith. And so maybe you're watching today and you said, you know what, I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to go with war on my lips. I'm ready to confess, reject. I'm ready to replace. I'm ready to examine my language. I'm ready to speak God's promises. I'm ready to know my position. Today, enough is enough in Jesus' name. God is calling us to an abundant life, not a mundane life. God's not calling us to cope, but God is calling us to live. In Jesus' name. So let me pray with you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for our online audience over here. God, I thank you for all those that are watching today. And Father God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, through the power of your spirit, that God, you begin to remind us what our position is in you. God, I pray today, whether we've been saved for a million years or we don't know who you are, that God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to know our position. Help us to know we've been saved by grace through faith. And so, Father, I pray if you're watching today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with him. May I be so honored right now, here online, in your car, in your room, in your bedroom, wherever you're watching from. I want to pray this prayer with you. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I ask you to forgive me. I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know my position. I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today. 
Come on. Man, if you prayed that prayer, go ahead and text me right now. Put it in the comments as well. But hold tight. We're going to have an after party with some very wonderful people. And guys, I love you. See you next week.